By the way, this is not getting a recording uh, on the video, right? The other video is uh, not going to be... Just for us. All right, because this is yeah. a mess. Anyway. Yeah, so so you can walk naked around if you want. Like, we, we won't mind. Uh, you know what? For you two, I'd do it. <laughs> I, I know. Honestly, you would do it for anyone, so much you don't... <laughs> <laughs> I thought we leave that for the actual podcast. <laughs> been a while patrick it's been a while it's it has really been a while right that's true i'm actually you brought up so many memories writing us like i've been really looking forward to this like yes also um i last week i was invited by the board to join the transition weekend to give two modules one about the advisory committee and what it is about and what we do and how to how to work with us and the other one was about the history of eyp luxembourg Oh, you have to so, to have. Uh, so I, I, I'll join I, you. <laughs> so I actually, I actually then uh, looked up the different dates and all that, uh, because some things were blurry from back then. Oh my, um, that's that's when you didn't have Erasmus Plus. That's when we we did the last year of the Youth in Action applications. Yeah, yeah that was Schengen. That was uh, Youth and in that Action. was 2017, 16, 15. No way. Fourteen. Schengen. Schengen was in fourteen. So we we got. I'll, I will repeat it later for the for the actual podcast. But we oh became we became an initiative in March, no, in February or something like that, and then we became a candidate and see in March of twenty thirteen. I have vivid memories of this because we were the fastest ever recognized NC, but that required me talking to um what's Alan Flowers. Name? Alan Flowers. Yeah, Alan Flowers. We were an initiative for three weeks, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Basically, because we got approved as an initiative at the GB meeting before the BNC meeting. Yeah. And then Alan Flowers came like, yeah, if you can send us all, all of those documents, no, 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 no. At the BNC, we can give you candidate, candidate status. I don't have proof, but uh, that's also my claim that we are the fastest recognized NC ever. Oh, I had proof back then. And actually, I'm just oh, going to look at my emails now. Um, if I still have them, Wait. I mean, you you do need to make the difference between those who have been NCs before and then just came into the new into the into the new True. system, and those but who back joined then, after, you know what? yeah, back then, because it was also uh, Flowers wrote. By the way, we're already recording, right? Mm-hmm. This might just be useful. Anyway, Flowers wrote me that I should or. He didn't say should, you know. He was like, you need to send me these documents now. That was on my first day of team building in Spain. And so, um, I mean, Patrick wasn't able to help, obviously. I, w- I just woke up in the morning, saw that email, was like, the what the fuck you want now from me? And uh, so I, 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 I sat there before team building started and afterwards. And that's the story of it all. Yeah. It, it, yeah, the beginning was very... Hectic. It, all sudden, it happened all very sudden. Uh, but yeah, we were recognized as a candidate NC in March 2013 in Berlin. And then in November, we traveled to the BNC meeting in London, yes. where we were just having fun in the back seats because we weren't allowed to do anything at all. We weren't even allowed to speak. We were allowed to dance at night. We were allowed to party at night. <laughs> so we're just having a blast in London. Uh, you know what? Back then, those days, we... G- made so many great contacts and what was so funny with Schengen I think was that 
Schengen was an NC where you had um, maybe five plus NC presidents come help out as organizers. <laughs> um, yeah, as officials, that not was, as organizers. Yeah, organizers and presidents and so on. It was yeah. hilarious and was exceptional. Yeah. And we were the, one of the last organizations in Luxembourg who got to use this castle we were in in Schengen. Because now it's... Yes, it's not a hotel anymore. I, it's not being used hey, It was moment. sold and then, yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah. there's a lot of history to EYP Luxembourg more than just, you know, Luxembourg itself. And, and there's still people coming back from Schengen. Juan was presiding our NSC last year, so... Yep. You remember when, uh, I think it was Josh that uh, shaved Juan's head in the shower. Yeah, was it Josh or was it... Um... I'm not sure who did it, but I, I, I just... The point was it happened. It happened. <laughs> it happened before GA, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there were yeah. so many great moments. Um, also, remember okay. remember when we talked about we need to give cultural anything to, to our delegates and, and foreign officials. And so Patrick started writing every winemaker. Like, so we were on the wine street of Luxembourg, it's called. He wrote everyone, you know, hoping that maybe some would answer. They all answered. We had hundred. We had a hundred plus bottles of wine. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was actually by mistake. I mean, Schengen became very notorious for hashtag free wine, and yeah. I didn't. I didn't actually notice it until the third day of the, into the session that officials had free wine every evening for three days in a row or four days in a row. Um, also for us, because out. for us it was because for us it was also nothing that special. It was that's like, Luxembourg for you. It was like yeah, that's like that's our <laughs> cultural heritage. And people were like, oh, there's so much to drink here, so much. But then again, also I was not counting on the municipality because the mayor of Schengen, he came for the opening ceremony. Do you remember we had Master Bertolomeo? Yes. So that's who, a, that was the first citizen of Luxembourg at that point, the leader of parliament. Yeah, right? yeah he was the president of parliament back then. He came, and the Schengen, the mayor of Schengen came, yep. and then. He just left at the end of like the formal part of the opening ceremony, and he just told me, "Yeah, and there are the fridges with the bottles of wine. Just take as many as you need and want, and just leave the the empty ones like in the backyard so they can count how much wine it, that we had." So basically, it was like open bar, and I wasn't counting on that because we just asked for a couple of bottles so we can give everybody a glass of wine. Um, and but remember that we we always just had one single rule in EYP Luxembourg because I think the alcohol thing did get us give us sometimes a bad reputation. But the rule was the next morning you get up yeah, and yeah. you deliver, and they yeah, delivered absolutely. always. So. Yeah, yeah, I was always amazed by GA. Oh my god, GA! And uh, yeah, should should I add that that was I was finishing high school, so I was literally so I had to deal with my teachers or rather my my headmaster that I would come to do my um my exams and then I would go back to Schengen back and forth every day. Ooh, that was intense. Yeah. <laughs> was just, and then then working with our national agency to get the funding and get it unblocked and enough. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, should we Schengen was fun. Schengen was very fun. <laughs> There's so much more. Konrad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, what 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 year was that? Well, Conrad was is the bar where we actually found it. UIP Luxembourg. Yeah, <laughs> in a bar, of course. Well, you of course. want the whole story? Well, it's it's more. Of than course, that. <laughs> actually, I remember. Actually, I still remember the bar where we were um, in Valfa, Mathieu, where we actually discussed the first time because I started studying at the University of 
of uh, Luxembourg and I was in Val Tarbanche. And you were still living there. I was still living the, there. And then we met up in that very sketchy old cafe oh, yes, next, to, next the to the train God. station. Yeah, next oh to the Oh my God. God. This is a place where the people go, you know, have a drink every day and then sit around there and no one else goes there. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. So that that's I think that's the first time we talked about EYP. Uh, yeah, and it, it was such a coincidence because if I remember right, you had gone to an EYP session at one point. I didn't know about this, but I went to another uh, project where there were EYPers who basically did like a EYP in one day thing. And I came back and I was like amazed. I thought like, I want to join EYP Luxembourg. I go on Google, I go on the website, there's no EYP Luxembourg. And so I was like, all right, I need to fi- figure out how to do this. And I had this friend from, you know, like Luxembourgish youth politics, junior politics stuff, uh, Patrick. And the Boy Scouts, that's where we also met at one point. So um, No, we no? met at Boy Scouts? We met at Canal. We met at Canal. You were representing your high school, right. I was representing my high school. There we so, go. Yeah, so, right. So uh, Matthew and I, were. we met actually on the, the national board of uh, school delegates. So each one of us was representing their, their own high school. Yeah, and then and then it was just I I remember writing the board and the board uh, I mean I mean the board sorry the the office in Berlin and they were like so if you want to start an EYP you need to go to a session, so my first session was Yuensu 2013 mm-hmm. in Finland and it was beautiful. I wasn't ready for the, I mean how short the days become, but it was so beautiful and the people. To this day, I have such a great experience of that session, and then uh, came back to talk to Patrick, fill out. No, I think Yuensu was afterwards already. After we talked, that, that, yeah, that was after we talked. Yeah. But it was like then it was like, all right, this is what yeah, we yeah. need to do. We because you had to have one NC that basically sponsored your application or said like, you guys are all right. It was very strange. I'm not sure how it is today. You you needed two people who have participated or something like that. So that's that was yeah. also the thing. Yeah. Uh, no, I just remember you you talking to me about EYP. And I was like, yeah, I've been there, done that. But then um, nothing like it existed in Luxembourg. And yeah. then it was time to write that application to get money. Ooh. You know, it's like you've never... I mean, yeah. I mean, first we had to do all the bureaucratic stuff to become an initiative and a candidacy. Oh, the, the, uh, that know, was... like Registering an organization, getting the bank account, running all of those things were annoying enough. Um, because, you you know, you, you're hitting 18, so you can sign everything. But it's so much work and there's so much... And the questions. And, so much and legal work. So much legal work. And then yeah. the office wanted to have a lot of documentation as well that we are responsible adults as and late teenagers. And <laughs> action plans and so on and so on. You know what? There, there's something about EYP and how it teaches young people that bureaucracy is all that life can become about. Um, to this day, I feel like EYP taught me a lot about bureaucracy, navigating them and so on and so forth. So I'm, I'm thankful for them now. But back then... Jesus. Actually, actually, when we have uh, in, my, in my job now, when they are called for tenders, especially from European institutions, absolutely, they end up on my office desk because, like, I've I've done like I know I know what to write in there. I know the the keywords and the buzzwords that they're looking for. <laughs> um, I know the platforms, the online platforms. You have to look up everything. And, and oh, yeah, it's But just... back then, and that's something maybe for people who are listening now and applying now for money or fundraising. Back then, it was easier. Like the European Union existed, or at least the European Action Program existed to help young people get projects started. Yeah. Not that it is perfect. You're right, obviously. Yeah. But compared to nowadays, where it has become much more bureaucratized, the entry level is much higher. It's much more about professional NGOs or CSOs doing an application versus a bunch of young guys, you know, 
barely recognized as an organization, just saying, let's do this. Let's bring, you know, what was it? 120, yeah, 125 people from like 15 countries together yeah. uh, and get money to fly them in and all of that. I mean, we, back then, that was my that was my bit. I wanted us to be able to do reimbursements. Youth in Action and some other uh, support helped us do that, and it was great. Yeah. For the first sessions? Of course. What's, uh, what's, always. The bar always. is high. This is EYP. Always. No, this uh, this is always. EYP Luxembourg. <laughs> now, you know we... what? Luxembourg didn't have anything like it, so it was relatively easy for us to get the money. Yeah. And then the rest was also, I mean... You know, it's relatively cheap to just put everyone into a hostel. And hostels in Luxembourg are government-subsidized, so they have really high quality. And then it's just about bringing yourself along, getting a good team together. That's another thing. I don't know about you, Patrick, but I felt like back then, we got so lucky with the officials we had, like Hans and everyone else, really helping us out so much. The, the team in Schengen was a dream team. It was, was amazing. Um, no, but my, I, mean, I mean, the thing was that, indeed, Matthew and I both are very close to the social socialist cause so for us being able to organize something that everybody can participate in yeah with yeah travel reimbursements very little or small or uh participation fees that it's always been uh one of the core elements of eyp luxembourg and i think also the reason why we were able to always get so many amazing applications from everywhere because people yeah. didn't have to um didn't have to struggle to come to luxembourg which is not an easy place to come to in the first place Definitely. as well. And, and then so. this is also what EOP to me is about. Like I remember that I knew that MEP existed. And when I looked at it, I saw a lot of young... You know, back now I, I, I would call myself a boy. <laughs> no, but you, you, know, you just put a bunch of teenage uh, students into suits and, and dresses and whatnot else, and you play grown-up. But that's not what EYP is about. It was really about bringing together Europeans and, and like living the European dream and, and you know whatever resolution actually comes out of it is, is secondary to that experience and engaging with those topics. And the friendships, you know, we're still talking to this day. I mean, you hitting us up, um, you know, continuing to do trainings everywhere. That's what EYP is about. Mm -hmm. Another thing was, yeah, when we talk about, you know, our values... It was never really questioned about it. We shouldn't try and aim to get, you know, full reimbursements to make sure that no one ever has to pay to participate in EYP. And then also we got so much back from, from everyone who participated. You know, a lot of the procedures that I guess go on to this day were written or let down back then. Mm -hmm. So this whole mm -hmm. solidarity community aspect to it. Yeah. I, th I think Schengen really created the blueprint for Luxembourg sessions. Absolutely. And uh, they've, they've not at all lost quality since then. Uh, and uh, we're almost 10 years into this now and always were able to deliver quality, quality sessions. Life-changing experiences. I mean, the mm. best part about Schengen being so far back, and I didn't even realize how far back it was, is that to this day, I sometimes have people like writing me on, on, on WhatsApp or rather Facebook Messenger and going like, I don't know what you remember me, but back then, you know, I went to a session in Luxembourg, truly really changed my life. And I'm like, oh, you know, that was my experience with being an EYP delegate. And, and I'm so happy we were able to give that back to you. Yeah. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> give it to someone else. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Passing on the torch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we, our previous episode was about the diversity and inclusion in EYP. And yeah, Lux, EYP Luxembourg has this, tradition and it's well known for providing travel reimbursements but did you 
push that to the point of let's not just provide travel reimbursements, but also make sure that they target people that wouldn't necessarily be able to travel to sessions otherwise. I think yeah, yes and no. Um, we we always try to um, especially when when uh, deciding which delegations we wanted to have um, in our sessions to also include countries that maybe would otherwise not come to Luxembourg or to our sessions. Uh, yeah. So in in that it's a, that certain form, yes, we it has definitely not been our strongest suit when it comes to diversity and inclusion uh, in the first years. Um, I also must confess that. Also because we had so many other priorities and, and things going on. With... But you know what? Don't I, well, I, I want to say don't undersell ourselves because to me it was very obvious that we should try, for example, to always have a north-south, east-west uh, balance yeah. next to a gender balance. Like those things weren't even questions. We we just did that because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, but it, but it's not that we kind of had a strategy on it. It's just like that's how certain, you do it. Yeah, yeah, we, principles that we had and that we 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 tried to. But it's not something that we, it was not something that we really had to strategize about. And so like, how yeah. are we going to do this now? So that's what I'm saying. So it's not the thing that we spent so much time on. No. Yeah. Um, but we we did create it, um, an atmosphere and an environment and a context and a structure, especially that would just allow that naturally to happen, I think. Yeah. Also, when it comes to when it comes to president session presidents, actually, I know that at the beginning, uh, Matthew and I decided that the gender of the president of the session should rotate each year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that I'm not, I'm not sure anymore if if it's still uh, out there. So maybe the, the newer generations can. But I also forgot about it. Actually, absolutely. Yeah. And the I last th- time I remembered that, yeah, indeed, our our goal at the beginning was also to rotate genders when it comes to presidents. Yeah, and not to overstress the point, but for me, for example, it was obvious that. If you have, for example, a, a Greek um, delegation, you should also aim to have a German one because that was back then, you know. Um, if you have a Turkish one, you should have an <laughs> Armenian one and so on and so forth. But uh, you don't need to overstress it. Yeah, I think the whole presidential thing you've done very smoothly because I, I don't remember looking at a Luxembourgish national be like, who's that president? It's always like someone, okay, that's a good person. Like the one you have incoming with Sarah be like, but 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 that Couldn't again her more. that again is not something that we really have to try hard to be happening. It's just I don't know why, but people and we have so many people coming back from the officials and also not officials. We have so many so many people coming back over. Sarah Husebi has been in Luxembourg already at at least two times. I think um, she was a chair at the YAF, and I think she was there another time. I'm not sure now, but Josh Leiden. Josh Leiden had Tatiana came back over and over again. Harris came back over and over again. Um, uh, Florian, who's now the head of jury for the next NSC, has also been here already a couple of times. Um, so we have a very um, we have very uh, loyal customers, if you can say, like which <laughs> tells something about the quality of your session. Exactly. Like, if and someone told me that I I could go back to Luxembourg, that and I've chaired the national back at some point. And it's like, it's a no questions asked because everyone knows that the Luxembourg session quality is just, in a way, unique. Yeah, you're yeah. warming up. You know what? Again, we I think I think Schengen set the blueprint, as Patrick said it earlier, because we, we were surrounded by people who had actually so much more experience than us, right? All right, we were president, vice president, whatever, you know, he was head organizer. Um, but we took, first of all, a lot of experience from things we did beforehand, but then for EYP, 
surrounded by like true legends yeah. <laughs> of EYP who crafted it because back then it was also much more informal I think yeah and also we were quite lucky we had Dana Klimova and Sonetta Belissi who were just Dana studying in did so much work for us yeah. like they were she... just studying in Luxembourg back then yep. so it was a mere coincidence that it was all happening yep um, and then they applied as organizers for the sessions, and they were they were unavailable to to do. That, to do that's another thing. We we often also had people who could do IFs, you know, or similar, but they came to Luxembourg because also I think Luxembourgish NCs ultimately also are small IFs because of how international they are in scope. So. Yeah, I, I think indeed, and that's one of the comments I've heard from many many officials is that. Um, it's really the, this international aspect of delegates that also makes it so interesting to come back. Because so there aren't yeah. that many people in Luxembourg, so we <laughs> had to fill out the spot some, somehow else. Yeah, but it, I mean, it was always intentional between us because the, next yeah. to the truth that Luxembourg has like, back then, I think it had 46 or 47 high schools. <laughs> Not even, no, less, less. I think now they are 46 or 47. Oh my. So and then it was 30. But no, but it was indeed, for us, it was something that again was normal. I yeah. think the reason why we also decided to do it was because that, and that's maybe one of the disadvantages you are made so say it like that in Luxembourg, young people here have so many opportunities to to do those kind of things, so we had to give it a spin that makes it a bit different to the diff to the other projects that they can do in high school, and that was by inviting people from all over the continent. Yeah. But again. Uh, for me, it was because of that other project where I got to learn about EYP and it was so international for me. It was, this is what EYP has to be. Yeah. It was only later when I would go, for example, I remember going to Delft in Netherlands and seeing that they had the issue that they have too many high schools who can send delegates. I thought, you bastards. <laughs> uh, I wish I would have this issue. But um, not saying that their quality is you know, diminished by that, but it's different. Yeah. And, and also, how many people actually can go on to IFs or can go to international sessions? Unless, unless we're privileged, we're aware of it. So, so we, we do most, you know, we, we have to yeah. act on it and that's what we do. Yeah. And I don't think that's also something that we as an NC have been very aware of, um, is that we are a very privileged NC um, for different reasons, obviously financially, but also because we, we are in a country which is very, very open to the idea of European Union and Europe as such this is one of the founding members um so it gave us easy access to to politicians to institutions to organizations and and, and movements that that have the, the same cause that we have and, and we were welcomed with open arms um you, you remember who our first patron yeah. was uh, matthew yeah so we had, we had the, the vice uh, president of the commission vivian reading yeah um, you know, the years after we had our prime minister and similar, I mean, when Jana and Pitt were HOing, they got us the crown prince. That was and the third session. So that was like, but so you know, we, like we took... should add, we should add getting those people is one thing. Being able to capitalize them is another, because for yeah. example, getting media attention to what we're doing here. So it's, it's always funny to me that when I recount this now, you know, in a professional setting and they go like, well, you did what at that point, you know, at that age, at that point of your career, being a student and whatnot else. No one here cared. But I see that, you know, the people in the UIP network uh, that still come back to us nowadays, they cared. So it, it mattered what we did. And I, I would even, I, I often, now that I'm older and wiser, uh, 
and I'm uh, I'm actually at the at the limit age of being an EYP in Luxembourg. I've been kicked out uh, in a couple of months. Uh, quite Wait, what's the limit age again? Thirty. They voted it. That was that. That's something. That's something that came These after. These damn kids. Yes. Ungrateful. They, <laughs> they, they. They don't know. And apparently, they created an Excel file, and Killian keeps telling me that, uh, which automatically, once you you turn uh, you turn thirty, your name gets um, blocked in red, so it's visible that you're not a member anymore. Damn. So yeah, they don't Anyways, want no money, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now that I'm almost leaving UIP or being kicked out, however you want to say it, yeah. um, I usually tell people they have no idea. Young people in UIP have no idea how much responsibility yeah. they are be- they are getting handed over and doing things that no in in no company. I'm, I'm a consultant <laughs> yes. working with different companies, different organizations. So I I, I have the this privilege also to visit different organizations no company would ever hand over a thirty-five thousand budget to a it's shocking. 18 year old it's like yeah no no don't take even care of... about the budget like but yeah you have, have 100 six... people yeah exactly and you'll have 60 of them flying in tonight like yeah that is no way <laughs> yeah feed them bat them uh, entertain them for a week and, and make sure they all come home safe and then it's also you it's know it's huge when, 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 I'm also doing consultancy work and, you know, a lot of it is ultimately project management and project management is all about, you know, um, getting the right sequences, you know, for delivery prepared, working with different stakeholders and groups and committees and whatnot else. And I'm thinking, well, I've, I've been doing this for years. Yeah. It, it just felt like a game to us then. And uh, No, actually it didn't. And that and I think that's the secret of EYP. Yeah, no, good point. That's, yeah. that, and that's... Um, um, we took it serious. We took, we took it serious. This was exactly. our job, and we were still studying. <laughs> yeah, and I remember, I remember, I remember having a discussion with Hans about the dress codes at UIP. Oh God! And how stuffy it is that we wear suits um, at GA. And um, I still stand by what I said, but I do realize that it does make the difference in the sense that it is important what we do. It's yep. we're not yep. changing the world. We're aware of that. We are not changing European politics, at least not in short terms, and right, right there in that that precise moment. But uh, what we are doing is important and matters and should be taken serious. Yeah. And and that we do in UIP. That's and that starts with team building. We take serious different people coming together from different backgrounds, and we take it serious that they have to produce something as a team. And in order to do so, they need to be a team. And that's why we do team building. We take the committee work serious because we do academic preparation before the sessions. People that just come there and start saying what they want and uh, read an article. But there's there's some work that goes ahead of the session because we take serious what we want to say. We fact check everything that is written. That even goes into the resotyping. Even that we take a little bit too serious, in my opinion. But even that we take serious because it's being checked by five different people. And the first time I, I know the first time I talked to to Hans and he handed me the list of requirements for for resotyping, I was like, what the f- like what is this? Why? Why can't we just like proofread them, make sure that there's no English mistake in there, and then delegates can present their work. But then again, it, it's this taking it serious, and in GA it's the same. Yeah, we take G, uh, GA serious, and then we also dress accordingly to it. There's there's a role playing aspect to all of this, and I remember when I was presiding or even just VPing the resolutions. Even though I I, I agree with you, Patrick, 
outside of a session, but once you're in there and it's your responsibility and suddenly, you know, you go so deep into into um, regulations and, and institutional uh, setups and makeups. And I loved it, to be honest, because afterwards I, I had this uh, European Union politics module at university and I just remember going in there and laughing, yeah. <laughs> like for, inside, you know. Yeah. For me, the, the resotyping thing was, uh, and I think that's something very personal. It just takes away the ownership. Um, yeah. so in certain resotyping processes more than others as certain official teams more than others but for me it was always very difficult to see a committee defending a resolution that they don't recognize but because it has been so it, it, it's it's the it's the question what what do we what do we give more importance factual checks or the opinions and, and ideas expressed by the young people that maybe then are contradictory with different regulations and all that but it was this um, ownership yeah. aspect that really that that yeah and, and i didn't to, yeah. i didn't felt very comfortable i must confess i've never done a, a reso typing process myself so i've just always observed it but but to add to what you're saying because i, I think i agree with what you said the ownership part is the most important part because that's the whole thing about why you do team building to begin with right you, yeah. you fuse really these these strangers to get into a group and i have been to no workplace so far where team building has been done as well or has been done at all such as it is done in eyp and where a team really works like that afterwards and next to that ownership you know when you talk about fact checking it sounds like delegates would regularly put in actual you know mistakes but they don't it's usually you know very subtle changes that somehow yeah. take hours to to get right and yeah i mean it's it's yeah it's mistakes that everybody does i mean no one's perfect you don't know about something and then you put it that way and you're done but then we're also back to the idea of what is uyp about and it's not about resolution typing and that's what you earlier olds put so well you know I, I work on on the youth peace and security agenda right now with the un and uh first of all a lot of it should be implemented in europe and, uh, you know, of course, countries such as Sweden are doing it. Of course they are. But uh, again, when, when, you know, the exchange between very different cultures, nonetheless, very different histories, sometimes with a lot of animosity uh, between, you know, wherever delegates come from and like overcoming those barriers, building those bridges. It's a lot of what usually it's talked about, you know, like we, we need to put the words into action and we need to act on our values. Well, EYP does that. You know, the European dream is actually not dreaming about it, but implementing something, doing something about it. And that's what EYP does. That's how we're changing Europe for the better. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of movement within EYP right now to kind of do the satisfaction of Patrick. Uh, we, we are moving towards this kind of precedence, being more mindful of how the delegates perceive everything that's written in the resolutions. And I kind of feel like gone are the days when you go into a resolution typing, you're just backspace a clause. Because it's <laughs> somehow... And you know what? It's it's fun to debate and all of that. But it reminds me again that, you know, contrary to what I want to see when I... I mean, when I saw MEP, I thought this is not what I want, right? Because it's, again, this competitive debating club stuff that, at least in Luxembourg, isn't common or didn't used to be common. And this is about collaboration. It's not about contestation. Yeah. It's not about zero-sum game. Because at its best, when and when you have, you know... When you have enough time at a session to go between different committees and contribute to others' um, draft resolutions, it's really about collaboration and solidarity between each other. It's not about, can I destroy your resolution? Even though GA can quickly become about that, especially yeah. if it's FEM or anything else, which is another interesting topic to possibly touch on. But yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's this coming together. And um, 
drafting an opinion together, which is yeah. so difficult. Or exploring it together, right? Like, what what is your opinion on the common agriculture policy? <laughs> but then actually figuring out that actually, you know what? I, there's a lot to care about, even though yeah. it sounds very technical. Yeah, and I think we're doing it in a way very well with how we're pro- proceeding with this kind of thing because we're you know we're not taking this away from anyone. This highly academic, yeah. if a delegate wants to just <laughs> press uh, the whole EU institutional institutional framework into the back of their head, they can. Yep. There's no one taking that away from them. And I can attest to that because Hans was a delegate at my session, so we presided. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, it was good. It was good. Also, there was the other thing that really, uh, I, I always thought that that would take over some points from delegates to attack other, other, other resolutions. If they've already been fact checked, there's, there's much that you can then say like, "Oh, that's wrong," or oh, "You forgot about that." Um, no. That's contradictory to that regulation. So, but, yeah. but here but, we could we could get started talking about how different topics just trigger. EY peers in, in many different ways. Yeah. We don't need to. The podcast doesn't have to turn toxic. Don't no, no, to- I mean, to- Topics in what manner? You mean... Oh, you know, for me, it's always a joke. I, I was just thinking the other day uh, in preparation for the podcast that, you know, especially uh, young men uh, become so triggered when it comes to women's rights. It's incredible, right? Like people would... You could see their faces and it was about, there's a femme committee. This resolution will not fucking pass. No, I remember one um, conference where a femme resolution passed and some chairs were like, oh, why? This is the first femme resolution I've ever seen passing. So now that we, you know, EYP is advancing, these, these are interesting topics uh, yeah. to look at. And, and I think it's kind of said how it goes further beyond just committee topics, because I don't know how much you followed it, but a couple of years back we started or uh, I still don't know how to pronounce his surname. Sorry, Ali. Ali Oksumuljokshu. Fuck. Okay. Ali. Fuck. We all know Fuck Ali. Up again. Yeah, we all know Ali. And he started a Facebook group called EYP Discussions. Yeah. And it oh, evolved into a whole shitstorm of racism and sexism and the whole thing kind of, well, I remember they said he had to be moment. turned down. Yeah, I remember him at certain moments and like, guys, I'm out. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. But then again, what were you expecting? It's uh, it's YP. We are into debating and fighting and, and discussing. So I'm putting it on a platform where then 20,000 people can come together and discuss it together. Obviously, I mean, it was that, going to... Yeah, but it also like... It happens it, to the best. So. That's also about the thin veneer of, you know, <laughs> civilized uh, discourse. We, we bring on these young people together uh, and then including ourselves and we need to challenge ourselves uh, and also our opinions and, and rethink them, hopefully. But there's an issue with certain topics, obviously, that, that go beyond just... Yeah. But but I think that's where then this um, national safe person idea movement uh, topic that, that has been installed now f- three or four years ago, it's so amazing. And I remember actually being at sessions and thinking to myself, wow, wh- what are we doing here to our delegates? That's not healthy at all. <laughs> um, no. I, I, I had the opportunity to maybe join EYP a bit later in my life so that I already had a certain maturity also when it came to as is, as Matthew said before I was in scouts where I was a leader where I was working with kids so basically so I was used to okay making sure that the kids go to bed at time um, and get enough sleep so we can uh, uh, can do the activities the next day and then being at an EYP session and seeing people not sleeping at all um, and that's just the tip of the iceberg 
when it comes to well-being at sessions. Um, and I'm really happy to see now how, how that well-being became so central in, in the sessions and how it's, how it's being structured, really formalized on, on session level, but also on the national level and international level. But do, do you feel like we're, we're, you know, when it comes to sexism, racism, we're doing enough or we're, we're challenging it head on? Oh, I, we would need to check the results of the survey that was done That's a couple enough. of years ago. But yeah, that would be not enough. Um, maybe the thing is that in my eyes, maybe yes. But also because I cannot say that I really have experienced that kind of things in YP, which doesn't mean that other people didn't. So... And this way it becomes difficult. You don't know what you don't know. So are we doing enough? Are we giving the right people a voice and a platform? But it seems like EYP is at least at the cusp now of like professionalism and engaging with these things. And it's also, honestly, oh, I... you know, when we started, the way we talked about certain things, or, or well, not we, I think we were always quite progressive. Uh, that was part of our fun uh, engaging some people. But, um, you know, what were normal acceptable opinion and jokes and also certain team building games the way they were set up are you talking about the coin game uh no 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 i oh yeah well there were a lot of games where with names or content had to be changed a little bit uh yeah, yeah I, but but i think i think that's that's absolutely healthy as an organization also to to face questions like this and say okay the next we... generation is also more woke hopefully yeah, it's what we've been doing has not been that right. Yeah. It has not been that correct. So let's change it. And I think how EYP has been dealing with this entire movement that is goes beyond just EYP, obviously, um, has been very, as you said, very professional. As I, I it, those are topics that I have to discuss in my work. Um, and I see lots of companies not treating these problems with the same maturity yeah. that EYP is doing it. There's an openness to discuss all of this, and that's actually what makes you a piece of yeah. valuable and yeah, and, and really exemplary. This, this this willingness to create safe spaces, um, has been has been amazing. So I'm 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 really I'm I'm uh, lots and lots of respect for all the people that have been uh very very much involved with this topic, and have been putting all of this together. Um, because we're all doing this in our free time mostly that's another yeah, thing yeah. i mean yeah. and the quality and it, of its professional level quite often yeah. and i think there's a big kind of a barrier to discussing this for an average eypr because we envisualize eyp as this kind of what experience we had as team members like we went through this whole team building experience and within that group like we were very close with each other we were very able to discuss this kind of more difficult topics. But when you push it for like a GA debate, it's a very different environment. When yeah, you put it yeah. to a Facebook group, when you're kind of half anonymous behind the screen, That's it's a point. very different conversation culture. And yeah. it really brings out the worst in people compared to this kind of EYP that we're used to. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this brings back a memory why I loved EYP and why I approached Patrick and said like, we should do something. It was that you have this safe, space nonetheless an environment mostly safe um where you can fail you can make mistakes and then you you fail and you get picked up again there's you know there's no test there's no exam anything you're not going to get penalized and it kind of stays in that bubble so you leave it and you just grow as a person at a very young age you suddenly have experiences yeah. that other people possibly never have in their entire you know lives 
It's uh, Harris. Harris uh, once told me a very nice uh, comparison. How he sees it, he um, he sees UIP as a playground, and uh, if you fall, you land on sand. Ooh, and good. it really stuck with me. Um, I still know exactly where we were sitting at the hostel in Luxembourg, and we're having a beer together and talking about um, how how UIP is. Uh, beneficial for the personal development of of each participant, and it's true because in in some jobs, or some companies, you are not allowed to fail. Once you fail, you 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 might you may destroy your entire career. And here in UIP, failing has always been okay. It's it's something that may happen. Uh, it's obviously not fun <laughs> for no one, um, and there are also some consequences for that. So if you forget to book the dinner for everybody and you have 100 participants it's oh i remember that was in ash I, alita will hate me for 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 telling this on the <laughs> podcast but i remember i remember going to like so i was walking through ash and then i saw this pasta shop a bit like a kebab shop but with pasta and uh on the window they said we sell pasta also in kilos. I was like, oh, that's perfect for a session. So we can just buy a couple of kilos of pasta and they deliver and then we can serve it. So um, I, I went inside. I took a flyer. I gave it to the organizers. Like, oh, this is a really good place. It's just like 100 meters away from the hostel. So it's perfect. Very easy. Very cheap. I checked the prices, everything. Very cheap. That's a good alternative for dinner. So... um. People were coming back from committee work and all of a sudden we had the delivery guy from the pasta place arriving and <laughs> when he opened the styropore box where usually you expect a steam coming out of when when you open the <laughs> we find we finally we finally discovered that when they sell the pasta kilo wise it's frozen pasta so you can cook it at home so we had <laughs> We had frozen pasta. I think it was, I don't remember exactly what it was. We had frozen pasta for 80 people at that session. <laughs> and people just arriving at the hostel promised that dinner is arriving. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was. Um, so, I think, uh, Patrick, yeah. in your next interview, uh, have you ever been in a situation where you, know, there, you were high stress uh, and all of that? And how did you solve it? Ideally, creatively. Yeah. <laughs> no, EYP gave me so much good stuff. <laughs> for my first interviews it did it did but um yeah i, I was i was mere spectator here because it was it was alina who then took the bullet uh, but, but think uh, about this you had a session of five six days right if you count the officials in and whatnot else uh organized by people you know barely of legal age and it all works out yeah it's doing incredible. this after school it's like i've seen professionals i've been to conferences myself that um, sucks so much. Organized by professional people, yeah. even organized by professional people employed in international institutions, and this and the conferences were not at the same. Level. We held each other to a really high standard. We yeah. even had procedures on how when you have a coffee break, it cannot be that there's only dry biscuits or anything like that because it just brings the energy le levels further down. So you yeah. need to have fruit next to coffee and water and whatnot else, because that way we could even see how then delegates afterwards become more active again. Like, we fought this through to the last detail. Food has always been one of the secret weapons of EYP Luxembourg. Yeah. I remember I remember Schengen when we served strawberries for coffee break. 
Yes, that was exactly the same reaction that all the participants had, including the officials. Water Strawberries lemon. and water, water lemon yeah. the other and day. Water, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we we brought the fresh fruits into the coffee breaks because I was always aware of the idea, and as as Mathieu said, we always knew that the food you eat is the energy that you have. Yeah. So if you want to have delegates with energy to do the work, you need to give them the right energy. You know what yeah. you just reminded me regarding energy and doing the right thing. Remember when one, I think it was a chair, like just fell backwards on some stairs and hit his head and there was blood. And I was I was supposed to come to Schengen and you called me, you need to come to the hospital. What is our insurance policy? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was incredible. Um, yes, I, I do remember. Yeah. I don't know who it was anymore, but I remember it just worked out and I was sweating. Have you, yeah. you know, again, I was in high school. Insurance policy, a hospital visit, possibly having to call parents. Like, what if this person died? No, they won't die, but you know, like, there's a serious. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But they yeah, went back and was... then we just gave them a bit of alcohol and, you know, all forgotten. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds yeah. wrong. No, but yeah. A surprisingly large amount of blood that has been shed in the YP sessions that we never hear about. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, it's also part of the experience. It's it's obviously not the fun part, and it's not the the, part, the experience that I I wish upon anyone. But those are those are the kinds of of of, of experiences that really then take you to your limits and and make you grow. And definitely, yeah. And I mean, ten years later, almost ten years later, we're still talking about it. So. It did leave an impression. God, we had eight shows who had to go to, uh, you know, go to a doctor afterwards because their backs were just broken because they were up for five, six days in a row and just couldn't sleep. That was, uh, I felt bad. But you know what? They got help. That, that's what matters. Yeah. I think I did actually the best thing after Schengen. I went to Stockholm for a week and I mostly didn't leave the hotel before lunchtime. So I just slept in every morning and then I strolled. And I did like, I didn't, yeah, I did the ABBA Museum. And I did another museum, I think, and it was basically all of it. So I ended up just really just enjoying and, yeah. and doing nothing. Because after yeah, after doing that, yeah, I still remember giving that um, that um, idea of head organizing a session is like giving birth. Yeah, <laughs> so, oh. I think that's the closest I've, I I will ever come in my life to giving birth. It has been Schengen. Yeah, it's it's literally nine months plus of uh, and feeling the pressure ultimately rise. I remember, yeah. the, you know, I had I had exams and essays to hand in at another session, uh, some other NSE of Luxembourg, and just I I started feeling like this nervousness in my stomach. Nowadays, I I know what that means, you know, but back then, hmm. but we did it. Yeah. I'm really proud of what we achieved, Patrick, and, by the and way. quite successfully, actually, apparently. Yeah. Because the other thing is, what I love about EYP is you, you give people a chance to prove themselves. Or at least try, you know, and see whether... And what we started, I mean, it wasn't just us two. I, I mean, initially, it was us two. Gee, like, the, the work we put into this and the hours. But then afterwards, slowly, slowly, you could see that there's people really stepping up. And they would come back and say, like, yeah, I feel like I want to do I this. Mean, uh, up to up to four weeks before Schengen, it was us too. Yeah, and then after, oh god, oh. and then <laughs> we also got audited afterwards. That was fun. Um, that yeah. was the second NSC. That was intense. But also after the first one, somehow we got very lucky with how this random process works. 
Um, I think it was because maybe of the. It was the last one, I don't know. Do you remember the chocolate debate uh, discussion we had? No, remind me. Was that about the gifts and how we can budget them? No. Yeah, the chocolate that I bought for every participant. Oh, I remember now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you you have have you ever had to fundraise properly, like and do budget allocations? All right. So the the thing is, for me, was uh, so when we did Schengen, there were also some budget items that we realized we need to uh, cover other than with Uven Action money. And honestly, that gave me a little bit of, uh, yeah, that was intense. Uh, yeah, because we found out that later only that Uven Action only covers eighty percent. Well, I, I I I would argue I knew before, <laughs> and then I was and, and and but you know then we thought like no, it should cover everything. All right, um, but we got it all covered ultimately. That's the important Anyways. part, and then yeah, and, and then sudden, but then for the second NC and getting it all right, so even some chocolate suddenly was like, wait a moment, <laughs> is this going to mean more fundraising after the fact? How is that even going to work? <sighs> no, the chocolates were for the first session. I entered into a chocolate shop in Luxembourg, and I felt so inspired by the chocolate oh, they were okay. that they were serving. It was basically little chocolates with different images of monuments of Luxembourg. And I thought, oh, that's a that's a nice souvenir for participants. We're laughing now, but you know what? Every everything you want to get money for in Luxembourg nowadays, you need to somehow show Luxembourgish culture. So yeah. back then, we you were basically just um, you know I was already doing nation brand pioneering before. nation brand. That's a really big thing in Luxembourg. Just so people yeah. understand, uh, we're not just well, yeah. Yeah, Xavier Bittel was still not a politician. I was already doing nation branding. And, and I, so, so I went into that chocolate shop and the chocolates were nice. So I tasted them, obviously, because I'm not giving some years <laughs> out. I haven't tasted. And they have these little images of the monuments. And it's like, that's a perfect gift. And then I look at the price like, oh, it's a bit pricey though. And I still ordered 130 or 40 of them. <laughs> I remember the negotiations of getting our final budget together because I remember being in their office and we went through it line by line and then they were like, well, uh, what about this or that? And I was like, well, we, we can get budget for that. So it was nice spending money, but damn it, managing it. Yeah. Alas. But the people enjoyed the souvenirs. Exactly. So that's and and to this day, thing. we're talking about this. Somehow, it was the last time. Splash. It was the last time that uh, participants got chocolate from UIP Luxembourg there. <laughs> Next time, no, two two years after or three years after, um, they got scarves, silk scarves. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we and that was actually one where our prime minister was very well known for having these scarves on all the time. Was also um, our patron. So. Damn. <laughs> yeah, there was actually a session that was very, there was Pizzaniana session that was very heavy yeah. on merchandising and, and and gifts, very expensive gifts. No, wait, for wait, all wait. Of our just VIP to clarify, guests. yeah, just to clarify. They were incredible at getting a ton of uh, private sector sponsors. We essentially yeah. were like, you need 150 silk scarves, we'll give them to you. Actually, yeah, yeah. one's still lying here. So um, Yeah, mine, mine is still... I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I'm thinking of putting in a frame one day. So it's lying yeah. there to be framed one day. And that's another thing, like to anyone listening to this, it's not just our history here, but it's if you really go at it, uh, people love supporting... I mean, I mean, private sector sometimes love... Or especially, no... Owners of of companies sometimes love supporting young people, being invited, you know, to to a pretty good opening ceremony, uh, being treated to some wine and what else, and and young people adulating them and clapping for their speech of two three minutes. I mean, go for it. You can do this too. So this is how all those horrible, horrible opening closing ceremony speeches that last fifteen minutes come to life. <laughs> well, the chocolate wasn't for free. It came with a price. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, yes. Daddy. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? It's closing ceremonies. We had some good speeches. Yeah, I actually I was about to say that's actually something that we've been also really good at. I don't making remember making people sp- cry, making people pr- cry as well. I mean, anyways, uh, but yeah, I don't remember a speech where I was like, "Oh my god, uh, why is that person here? Um, what is that person talking about? And why is it taking so long?" So usually we had some long speeches, but in that case they were interesting, uh, or the person was relevant to the to the session or the session theme. So I, I think we also always been good, very good also in in in, in keeping the balance between having yeah. high level. Um, guests and, um, and, yeah. and keeping yeah keeping keeping it. I, I remember the first opening ceremony. I actually didn't wanted to have chairs. I was like, I no, people you were nervous. people will be standing during the opening yeah, ceremony. Yeah. Um, and Hans was like, no, that's not possible. With all the speeches, like yeah, no, but the, that makes the the guest speaker and the speakers do it shorter because if they know that people are standing, <laughs> they don't want to have them standing too long. And then I gave up and I put chairs in the room. But, I also uh, want to add that in our opening or closing ceremony speeches, we had everything from, again, Bartolomeo, you know, the, the first citizen of Luxembourg, blah, 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 giving a really good speech about the EU, something he had been working on, you know, for decades. And then it's just us two, you know, together aren't even half his age. Uh, <laughs> but then we also had someone bringing up, uh, you know, they wanted to relate to young people. And so they brought up, well, and, you know... Um, being European and finding each other. I mean, you young people nowadays, you might be using Tinder, but back then in our days, I just, I remember sitting there and I looked, it was, I won't reveal the name, but they came. They they came from the organization with another person, and I just looked at their assistant. I think I looked them in their eyes. I, I, I was a part of the the, the that was when Josh that, was that, there. That was at the first session because I remember because I had a member of the parliament who oh, was sitting next to me, turning <laughs> what because everybody started giggling. I was like, "Oh, what just happened?" Yeah, and my I had to face frozen. <laughs> yeah, I had to explain the joke to politicians, and that wasn't also that funny, but. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the speeches, were, the opening ceremonies have always been super duper cool. We always managed to get really cool venues as well. Um, we even had some short-term relationships come out of our sessions, so that's good as well. Strong suit, strong suit. But I'm talking about romance. Uh, yeah, romance. There romantic, was a bit of romance. Uh, yeah, yeah. But no, no EYP babies yet. No, not yet. Not yet. Not that we know of. Do we want actually EYP babies? I mean, we're obviously talking like five, ten years afterwards, you know, when, when, when people are... In- <laughs> <laughs> of age and married, well, and whatever. Sure, it would be nice to have an EYPLU baby. I wouldn't mind. Well, wait, so just for the podcast listeners, our host is, is making faces. Didn't, don't you know that there are already EYP babies overall and that yeah, some of yeah, them have been uh, created, produced? Some of them might be joining th- sessions already. If that's mistaken. true, but I was about to say that so, I know yeah. of at least two EYP babies who were uh, made at a session. That <laughs> I didn't know of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it, t- to be fair, they were a little bit older at that point, and they came to visit. And uh, I guess you know, memory and nostalgia. Just... <laughs> it was a team building for sure. Mm, yeah. <laughs> no, I, and my faces were purely because Patrick, the way he um, described it, was like the NC wants to produce a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded to a bit of. <laughs> There's a working group on this. <laughs> a task force, an yeah. ad hoc task force. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, no, that's not that's not for me anymore. Those those are milestones that other people can can do. So I I I give what I had to give to this organization. I'm done. Yeah. 
But talking about other people, what was the kind of path of EYP Luxembourg? Like we've heard a lot about uh, the first couple of sessions that you did, but then there has to be other people. Like how was the team? I know especially like Denmark has been really struggling in finding people to support the NC. The NC board is mostly compromised. Yeah, yeah, compromised of people that are not Danish to begin with. So, but Luxembourg. Well, none of them are Luxembourgers as well. I mean, at really? this point, we have to say a big thank you to the IB program of Athenee Luxembourg <laughs> because they have been providing us with very competent people for 10 years now. It's um, very unfortunate. Yeah. I it's, mean, um, I mean, yes or no. It's, it's very unfortunate because it's always the same school. Uh, but. Um, I think, and it goes with what Mathieu said before, um, we aimed on, on inspiring people and we always let them know that they also can inspire other people back then. So it, it's really about this giving the torch. And, and, and I think that's, that's is what we've been doing from, from very early stages on as well. It's really involving and including other people as, as soon as possible, giving them responsibilities. Um, I could have, we were lucky as well with that. So, I'm, 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 and you know what? One thing that actually annoys me about, I guess Luxembourg, but also EYP in general, when it comes to those who love sending us uh, students, you know, be it teachers or school administrations, um, they they love then you know making use of what we're offering to their students. But when it afterwards comes to having long term collaborations or partnerships. Uh, they are usually not as forthcoming. And I, I can see some reason as to why. Um, I'm also glad that nowadays schools offer so much more to students than back in our days. I remember that our school, uh, even though there were some great programs, you know, there was nothing like EYP really. Um, and only very few um, uh, schools were participating in MEP. It was so hard keeping in contact with, with teachers. Um, and I know that, you know, EYP Greece has an incredible stu- um, teacher-student program, um, as do others. But um, maybe we, we could do better. Probably we could. But it's incredible how much effort and energy you need to put into this and how little comes out. And then the other thing is also people get very inspired for a session and right after. But going for one year, you know, preparing all of this, um, all of us being volunteers and being busy with life otherwise... So if you're Luxembourgish, a Luxembourg student, you know, step up, just give it a try. You won't regret it. It it will really make a difference. And I hate how sometimes people talk about, well, this is going to look great on your CV. Or, you know, this this will help oh, you get into university. That's not what this is about. But um, maybe that is where a lot of people are nowadays. And But I also think that um, what I've noticed is that we had many, many people being involved in UYP Luxembourg. And not doing this um, classic EYP journey yeah, where they then travel abroad. I, 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 it was our hard biggest... sometimes finding people to actually go abroad, even though they qualified. Yeah, our biggest struggle was to find people to go abroad to other sessions. We struggled less to find official like people to help us with our conferences than with sending them abroad. So many many of our, of our participants and members, former members, especially at the, the first generations, never really got to experience IFs and, and, and other NS, NSCs abroad. Yeah, and to add to this, I remember, I mean, one issue is often that then they say, well, my parents don't want me to leave school again during the year itself, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> I reveled in that. And um, But, you know, I, I, I think I missed over three months of school uh, 
to get the NC going. Um, and my headmaster was happy with me as long as I, you know, my, my grades were not going <laughs> down too far. But it's true. This is also maybe we, should, we need better outreach with parents. Um, but you can't reach out to every single parent. It's hard. And that's the other thing. Now, now we're back to, yeah, and NC is an ONG uh, is is an NGO. Sorry, uh, that 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 has to somehow do outreach, do fundraising, do really advanced project management with institutional donors and whatnot else. And then you're supposed to also do yeah this level of outreach. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah, and all that on, on shoulders of usually young volunteers who are doing this in their free time. Who love having fun at a session in a committee, but not actually, you know, doing the paperwork that is... And that's yeah. not to, to criticize them, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, what someone, someone once told me when I talked to them about how maybe EYP needs a bit more professionalization to, to tackle problems such as this. They said, well, look, EYP was founded as an educational opportunity for young people. By its very nature and design, it cannot be perfect. It it, it will fail at many points, uh, and that's okay. Yeah, but not failing would be failing. Its I mean, failing. For, yeah, yeah. Okay. Another thing is it, it, it's really interesting how you talk about Denmark, but there were you know Iceland as well at one point, uh, losing EYP France, that kind of stuff. There's many different sorts and levels of issues within the network, and we hope the next generation will take them on. Damn it, step up. <laughs> yeah. I I I don't I don't know the situation there might good enough to to tell them what went wrong there or didn't go wrong. But it sounds like uh, the typical way you have uh former e- uh, EYP alumni of other countries making up the NC. Is that what happened? Yeah. Well, uh, not alumni but active members. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, sorry, when I say alumni I mean yeah. Yeah, alumni in our definition back then. It's yeah. hard in countries with you know uh, fewer schools yeah. than. Uh... <laughs> yeah, and I think I think that's also maybe where then Mathieu and my network came into 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 play. Um, we were very active also in other organizations. I mean, yeah. both him and I were doing so much more than just EYP, uh, and that's also where we then had the opportunity to meet many young talents that we just then snapped and got into EYP. This brings a little bit full circle. I think one of the reasons EYP Luxembourg also worked out was because we weren't just born into EYP Luxembourg or the EYP system. We brought in, you know, experience from other organizations that have existed for so long that they have really good procedures and ideas about how you should do things. Yeah. Yeah. That and uh, I always tell people, Mathieu and I are so different. (laughs) We're complementary. But yeah, that was was our... Our, our secret sauce. We were very, very complimentary. Yeah. No, I think people really, yeah. In the end, we delivered. That's what matters. We're still delivering, by the way. Of course we still, are. It's still going we're, on. So. We're still not kicked out. <laughs> Just a few months. Yeah, you, you, have, you have a couple more months. I, I, I yeah, I have. A f- <laughs> I'll carry on the legacy. I'll... I'll, I'll Oh, but actually, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm. It's it's honestly, it's going great. They're yeah. doing great. Also, during the pandemic, they dealt really really yep. good ways with with difficulties and with challenge. Uh, there's a continuity. Um, yeah, as I said, I was at the transition weekend last week for the new board. Um, and it's it's amazing. It's amazing to see new faces coming in over and over again. It's also amazing to see a couple of familiar faces still also also around. Um, which uh, and I think that this board is actually perfectly balanced um, of previous board members and new board members, uh, which is which also is critical, for, which is important for continuation reasons. And then every so, new generation should come in, take everything apart, and see what 
pieces, you know, actually weren't that bad and then add their own bits. Yeah. And, uh... and I think we, ha- we had very active people who really left their mark uh, on, yeah. on the organization. It's, to this it's... day, they, you know, some key people stay involved. And yet we also get new people in there. You know, it's it's funny now seeing the new board announced on Instagram and just going over their bios and being reminded that, yeah, you can start this. They're half your age almost, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but it's, it's impressive. Exactly, that's why. Because we, we, we came in with a lot of outside experience, but they, they're starting yeah. this and they're doing it. And so all my respect and hats off to them. Like, don't underestimate what you're doing in EYP. Like, it, it really matters. And you're better than you think you are. Cheap inspirational speech should have should have come up with something better. <laughs> um, is there anything you guys would like to you know give as a message to the future members of EYP Luxembourg that will come after you're officially kicked up after our passing EYP passing? Uh, all I want to say is like go for it. Like you will never have this much time in your lives. Um, to just go out there into the world, travel Europe, and you think this has an impact on your studies or whatnot. No, it doesn't. At most, it's positive. You know, it it changes your whole worldview. You make friends across the continent. Um, It will will change your life for quite a bit. Go for it. Yeah. I think... I I still remember... I don't don't know why, but I still remember very, very strongly... Um, how I actually wanted to um, send an email to the organizers of my first session and tell them I was sick and not go. Um, because I was nervous and I was afraid and I had no idea what EYP was. I had no idea who would be, who would be there or not. Uh, I just got a Facebook message from an old, from a person I, I met at another conference two years before, and so like, yeah, it's uh, not that far away from Luxembourg, and we're looking for people. Do you want to join? And I was like, yeah, why not? It's school holidays, so let's go do it. And the the, the day before going was, I was really nervous, and I didn't want to go. And then I got into that train, and uh, we arrived. The train arrived in Trier, so just across the border, the first town, the first city in Germany where it stopped. And I saw people getting to the train and reading the academic kit. Um, and I started talking to them like, oh, are you going to the Wiesbaden session? And when they said yes, from that moment on, I was hooked. Um, the conversations that we had in that train to the train station, from the moment that uh, we arrived then in Wiesbaden to the entire, to the entire experience. Uh, and then going back and, and, and knowing that that would have been a one in a lifetime experience because there was no EYP in Luxembourg. So there was no way for me to repeat that, uh, that experience. Um, yeah, PD was really, really, really bad that time. Little did I know that it would have not been the last session. But, um, so sometimes and now back to what I want to say to, to the others. It's, it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be nervous. Um, but sometimes, you just have to get out there, get out of your comfort zone and do something different in order to to get something different as well. And it's worth it. Always. Even if it doesn't work out, at least you've learned something. Yeah. So, sometimes magic happens, magic yeah, sometimes happens outside the comfort zone. Sorry, yeah. 
Yeah, no, but it's that. Sometimes it's also important to to know what you don't like or what you do or what you can't do. And you uh, will never find that out if you don't try yourself at these things. Exactly. At school, you get punished. In real life, usually you also get punished if you if you fail, if you mess up. But EYP is the safe space for you to try yourself at at being your own best self. Absolutely. At least fine. And the, and the other thing is, you know, often doing EYP. Let's be honest. We are sometimes the odd ones out in our in our classes and whatnot else in our group of friends even maybe and here you come into a to a place where everyone is sort of like you know we're all a bit alike well it's special and in that mixture just magic happens and it's you you find a place where you where you belong you find a place where there's very little to no judgment there's embracing who you actually are and you can yeah step into the light for once properly and and feel loved and feel accepting accepted sorry and feel tired and feel hungry and learn feel to deal with sleep deprivation <laughs> exactly but all of those things are are wonderful yeah it changes your life it definitely does even if afterwards you do nothing that has i mean anything that has to do with uh, the eu eyp politics that's really not the point it's about the friendships we make and how they influence us yeah and then again it it did it did craft many uh, career paths yeah but which is also fine and it's good and as i said as we said already uip gives you experiences which are very very valuable for work and people are sometimes not aware of that but it's shocking it's and also you know what university one of the the mistakes i think that's being done in when you go to school is that your teachers suggest that most likely life is about uh, going to university and getting a degree that's bullshit everyone got a degree these days right how do you differentiate yourself and then so many people I meet who, who got their degree, who got their masters, who might even be gainfully employed and making good money. Ooh, their their, their personalities can still be like flat and, and just, you know, there's no this there's, there's no flavor to any of it because they never had a chance to step outside of the formal education system and see who they are and, and maybe again feel accepted and see that if they're just their own selves, that's the, the version they should show the world. So that was the one thing we wanted to say to Yeah, that uh, 15 minutes beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but did did no one did no one warn you that if you put the two of us together <laughs> This this has also been the, quite the basis of our friendship I think all these years is that we could just go on for 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 hours as ever. we do just now. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's a bound, it's a snowball effect with us I think. Yeah. This is going to be the first the two part episode. <laughs> How did you experience the Luxembourg session? I have such good memories from that session. I remember it started with um, only one of the committees was solo chairing, and I and I messaged Nick. So I was like, "I will name my firstborn cat after you if I get the solo chairing committee." Which he then gave me. So, do you already have little Nick? No, I don't. Uh, don't have a cat yet, but uh, maybe one day. <laughs> of sorts. Now we'll have an EYP Luxembourg baby. You know. <laughs> so thank you, thank you for this. Baby. Thank you. Uh, and I, I, I still have it at home. I remember we had a super fancy reception somewhere at a some sort of a concert hall with the was it the mayor of 
the city of Luxembourg. And we had a, it was the champagne open bar or sparkling wine open bar with this fancy champagne glasses with the Villa de Luxembourg logo on it. And I remember sipping that there with my delegates being like, do you really expect me not to steal this? <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. 